Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Bustle's podcast for radical body positivity, fat acceptance, and visibility for all identities. I'm Marie Southerd Ospina, and today I'm joined by the fabulous Lillian Bustle. Lillian is a burlesque dancer and radical body love activist, a self-identified fat woman who regularly strips down on stage and shows no apology for her body while doing it. And today we'll be talking a little bit about nudity, specifically nudity as a fat person and the importance of performance art that forces audiences to to more or less confront the beauty standards they might be holding on to. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Lillian. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. (laughs) Me too. Um, And in case some listeners aren't super familiar with your work, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do? Sure. Uh, I am a a burlesque performer, and I started uh, out by taking classes at the New York School of Burlesque. Um, And I was interested in, in getting into it because I had felt for a long time Growing up as a as a fat kid and then a fat teenager, fat young adult, that um, I wasn't really allowed to perform femininity. I felt I felt like I was always one of the boys, and I felt like I was trapped in this jeans and t shirt life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, honestly, like slowly started. I was like, maybe today I'll wear red lipstick to work. Ooh, scandal. <laughs> scandalous! <laughs> um, and then when I started taking these classes, I was like, this is how. This is how I can do this. Now, burlesque means something very different to me now, um, but that is that was sort of my inroad. I was like, I have these boas, I have all these costumes, uh, and, and I somebody's got to see them. So that <laughs> was rad. that was how I started. I've been performing for about four years, and uh, now I produce a regular show in Jersey City. You know, looking at your videos, I feel like it might be easy for some folks to to peek at your performances and kind of think she must be like have always been this confident. You know, she must have always been kind of in touch with her sexuality and her body if she's doing this. So would you say it's been more of a journey than that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, to, to be quite honest, even the first year or two that I was performing, I was still super nervous every time and comparing myself to other performers and things like that. Um, it's been it's been a slow, it's, yeah, it doesn't happen over, I mean, maybe it does happen overnight for some people. Um, but for me, it was every little baby step was a tiny victory. Um, and to the point where now all of that is, I I carry it in my daily life and it's it's part of me it's part of my identity and who I am um whereas when I first started it was some like a suit I could slip into when I got on stage mm. I would always tell my friends after I performed I was like oh my god I was so nervous and they're like you're fine you didn't look nervous at yeah. all and I'm like okay well you weren't backstage with me at the very beginning when I was trying not to throw up <laughs> so, have a panic attack <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it's funny I like this idea and I've come across it a few times in people who are really into fat fashion or, or or burlesque as well of adopting a different persona and like taking yourself out of all these insecurities and things you're like taught to have and just adopting the essence of someone who who is really confident and who does have you know their crap together yeah for sure yeah, so. i think that there's uh, there's a lot to be said for developing an alter ego and it's not necessarily like pretend but it's a way to no. sort of it perform like um fake it till you make it you yeah. Know? So what do you think of this idea that 
burlesque is kind of inherently a more inclusive, diverse industry than a lot of others within the dance umbrella because I feel like the stereotype has long been that burlesque is all about like hourglass curvy women and and even fat women you know visibly fat women who might not have a place in other physical activities because of you know the stigmatization against their bodies Mm -hmm. so have your experiences backed that up at all? As a whole I believe that the burlesque community is is more body positive and there's no other dance performance medium really that that I as a size 20 person could just be like here I'm I'm, I'm mm-hmm. on the stage hooray just show up to a ballet performance <laughs> or, or a rockets audition <laughs> yeah. um, or even frankly a dance call for a musical theater show mm-hmm. like uh, I I remember I went um because I used to do a lot of musical theater, and I went in for a call for one of the Wicked Stepsisters oh, in Cinderella, right. and I was the only fat person in the whole room. And I am not dance trained, but I can move. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't pick up the steps fast enough, and I really I remember very specifically. And this is now a positive visual for me, but I felt like the dancing hippo in Fantasia. <laughs> and now that at the time I was like, oh no, dancing hippo in Fantasia. Now I'm like. No, it's so hard. I, I moved I moved to New York to do musical theater. Um, and for a spell, I actually had my equity card. Oh. Um, and I was going to auditions and I was really sort of beating my head against the wall because I was getting nowhere. And uh, it, it occurred to me that the more live theater I was watching, I was like, who? Why don't you think that other people have stories to tell? Mm-hmm. Why do you why do you insult your audience by thinking that they can only hear these words coming out of somebody who's Hollywood pretty or or this specific box? Yeah. It's it's bananas. Well, that's yes. so that's one of the reasons why I started doing burlesque as well is because I was tired of waiting around for permission to make my art. I was tired of being like, "Oh, pick me." Like now that I have made connections with people, I have I have places to perform. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah, you you can't underestimate the power, I think, of, of making your space if it doesn't yes, already exist. Totally. Yeah. So I particularly love your Yes Act. <laughs> I saw a video, and I really want to see it live. So in it, you, you know, you start out in a beautifully silky black robe and you slowly disrobe to reveal impeccably sparkly lingerie that I really want for myself. (laughs) And you write the word yes on your body and then pass around markers for the audience to do the same. Can you tell me a little bit about the inspo behind this act and the meaning of it and just what it's like performing it? Sure. So even even within the realm of burlesque, I... um, at the beginning, I was very worried about revealing certain parts of my body. Um, I mean, to be honest, like I, there are parts of my body that I'm like unequivocally love my boobs, love them forever <laughs> and a day. Um, and then there are some parts where I'm like, we're okay today, <laughs> but I might not feel comfortable or might not have at the time uh, showing it on a stage. And that was those. So when so when I take off the robe, I have no written on my body, and then I wipe it off. Um, and that's this was sort of like a love song to the parts of my body that I was feeling very no about um, my my muffin top <laughs> and just like different parts um, that I wanted to honor and just say, you know, it's all me. And like whether or not I have a corset on that's mm-hmm. showing my chub there, it's still on stage with me. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the the. The hardest, oh, I almost cry every time I do it. So um, I had never 
before, prior to doing this number, worn underwear that came up over my tummy or oh. what, that did not come that up over my tummy. Yeah. And there's a part in the act where I pull it down and and no is written right on that on that part of my belly that I have have had a hard time with. And every time, like, I give myself goosebumps. And <laughs> that's not why I do it. I'm not on stage to be like, look at me, hooray. Um, no, it certainly doesn't feel like that watching it. Thanks. But it's, uh, every time I do it, it's it just makes my heart bigger. And the first time I did it was the first time I was ever fully nude on stage. Oh, wow. And um, I haven't gotten to do it full nude again <laughs> since then because there are so few places that, that allow that. that. Allow it. Yeah. But it was the best, and and then I was just like, how can I get naked again? Yeah. More naked. <laughs> and how do you, how have like the audience the audience reacted to that act? Do you mm. think mostly positive, mostly engaged? Oh yeah, um, um, people cry. <laughs> they come up to me afterwards crying, and then I start crying, and then it's it's a wonderful mess. Um, people get people get excited. I get a lot of feedback. Like when I come off stage for that, for any of my shows, sometimes people will come up to me, but I can, like people are like almost reaching out to me. Like I have to talk to you about my experience with this. And that has been, um, incredibly rewarding. That's wonderful. It's because it is, it's, it's no matter what size we are, everybody has problems with their bodies and, um, people living in feminine bodies have their own subset of issues. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I I think it's very important to acknowledge that due to, (laughs) hello, sexism, most women and most feminine people will be taught to constantly dissect and critique their bodies. And I think we have to acknowledge that the way bodies are treated on a grander social level varies a lot. You know, obviously a fat body is going to be generally treated very different than a thin body. Mm. And there's a whole lot of institutional discrimination to back that up. But when it comes to just a basic level of we're all living in this world beauty standards affect most people yeah. and i think that's why an act like yes can touch people of all sizes yeah yeah i um i actually the the last time i performed it in um philadelphia i was right before intermission and people came up to me even after the act wanting to write yes on me so <laughs> that's so lovely. that's what we did for the rest of intermission and it was it was super You know, personally, I think nudity can be a very powerful tool when it's utilized by someone. Also kind of just demonstrating complete ownership and autonomy over their bodies. And especially if that person is living in a body traditionally deemed undesirable or unattractive or marginalized in some way. But I do think that notion of like nudity as empowerment can kind of be hard for some folks to reconcile when you consider how often the naked female body in particular is used to sexualize women and cater to the male gaze. And it's like, yeah, I think people kind of struggle to to find that balance of doing it for yourself. And I wonder what your feelings embracing nudity have been like and if kind of those those tropes ever played in your head. Sure. Uh, well, burlesque is unique in that um, the audience is it's right about 80 percent female. I have heard this before. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. it's mostly women in the audience, um, and um, just it's. Uh, I think that it comes from what you as a performer are trying to get out of it, uh, and and I don't know that it helps. I don't know that it helps to go on stage and be like, "I'm stripping. Don't sexualize me." Like <laughs> no, I no, think that yeah. there's 
Um, there's so that, many layers to that, it. Yeah, and then if you do that, you're possibly like demonizing sexuality and demonizing people who do have mm-hmm. kind of who are in touch with their body in a sexual connotation, which I don't really think we should do. Right. <laughs> but well, I don't even necessarily. I I have a very complicated. Um, relationship with sexuality and I grew up in a in a home that was very uh my mom had my sister very young and was sort of like sex is never worth it not that (laughs) not that I don't love your sister but I was a mother too soon and like it's never worth it and men only want one thing um but but so then I would dress very conservatively and she'd be like why are you afraid of your body (laughs) so it was very complicated (laughs) and confusing yeah um I, when I first started out, I was doing like very fast numbers and sort of like jokey, funny, like jazz hands. Um, <laughs> Have I seen one where you're dressed as a turkey? Yes, yes, I do. I do yes, enjoy that indeed. one. <laughs> yes, that's that's my turducken number. I go from a turkey into a duck into a chicken. <laughs> and there ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not nope. like I'm not getting away from from the funny stuff. I'm I love glad. it. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I did my first stocking peel on stage just a couple months ago because I was worried about the way I would look when I was sitting down. Can you explain what that is in case you Sure. Don't know? So, um, <laughs> Uh, the old-fashioned stockings that you would put on with a clippy garter belt. Um, there's a move in burlesque where you slowly remove it and you, you sort of hold on to it with your toes. So when you pull it off and pull it back, it creates this crazy okay. beautiful line and it's very sultry. Um, and... Um, I, you know, I was like, well, that would be fun, but then I have to sit down, and then my chub is all chubbing, and then I was like, Lillian, your chub <laughs> my chubs, chub is chubbing. your chub chubs anyway, um, and I've gotten a lot of thank yous for that one too. That's wonderful. I'm, yeah. I feel very lucky. I know that many performers have had people come up and you know talk talk to them about their bodies in a way that they are not comfortable with, and I have had. On the most, on for the most part, incredibly positive experiences with people in the audience. Have you ever had a negative experience? Not to my, not to my face. (laughs) However, on the on the YouTube for my TED talk. Freaking YouTube. <laughs> so uh, my my talk with TEDx Jersey City stripping away negative body image. Mm-hmm. When TED puts those out, um, they own it and they they don't moderate the comments, the comments. at all. Okay. Um, and uh, my husband was not really ready. I knew that the trolls were coming. I knew that it was going to happen. Um, and I don't know why I never th- I thought didn't even think to t- to warn him. But um, there's some nasty stuff on there. <laughs> How did your husband react to to seeing those uh, comments? He was incredibly protective and and was almost sort of ginger about talking talking addressing addressing it to me. He was like, oh, so I saw some of them, and I was like, I knew you would. This is how, I, and that was when I. Um, it, it wasn't until he brought it up that I didn't realize that he wasn't expecting it. Um, and he told me, you know, he was really mad at first, but then when he started seeing some of the other people fighting about it, <laughs> that it was kind of heartening. He was like, look. Oh, like people coming to your defense. Yeah, That's which nice. I don't I don't need anybody to do that yeah. ever. But it was it's fun. To, it's fun to see that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that it might have given your husband a better sense of what you go through as a fat woman kind of on the regular? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't talk. I don't talk about it a whole lot. I mean, I I, I commiserate with friends who I know who go through it, but um, after a certain point, you know, unless it's, it's a specifically bad incident of of street harassment or something like that, I d- I don't want to feel whiny, <laughs> and I have you know I have issues where I go back and I invalidate myself with for no reason, um, 
I, I, yeah, and I when I said to him, I knew this was coming, and I get this kind of trash every day, and I just don't talk about it. He was shocked. He was like, uh, oh, my God. So I do try to, when things like that happen in person for me in, in everyday life, I, I bring it up now. And I don't harp on it, but I'm like, hey, guess what crummy thing mm-hmm. happened to me on the street or on the subway? Yeah, it's... I think that's that's something else that I really love about your your performance art is just that there's just no apology there for your body at all. And it's rad to see. It's rad to see from a fat woman who, you know, I know you I know you would have been through a lot of crap for your body because you are a fat woman mm-hmm. and that's inevitable. And just to see you reclaim ownership of your form and ownership of a body that might have been like totally desexualized because that's what happens to fat bodies so often you know we're just told sex is not for you until Mm -hmm. you get the thin woman within out Mm -hmm. and just to see all that on stage is hugely empowering thanks i uh, hearkening back to what you were saying before about nudity um it's not for everybody i'm not telling i don't i don't think that everybody should do burlesque i don't Mm -hmm. think that it would be comfortable or empowering for everybody um this is how i found my stride. And this is how I found my activism. I think that if it makes people uncomfortable, that that's all the more reason to seek it out. And I think that you do still have to specifically seek it out. Mm-hmm. You uh, you can dip your toes into the world of, you know, ex- ex- crafting your visual diet um, yeah. without leaving your home. And I feel like I have created a little bit of a bubble for myself mm-hmm. to the point where when I do step back out into the world where people are nasty like just offhandedly to each other about their bodies that I'm like, what? Um, and I hope that it's not making me naive. Like, I hope that I'm never like, things really are getting better. Yeah, when, when I know what fact- you mean. If you are kind of constantly immersed in this dialogue of body positivity, fat positivity, feminism on the internet, and as you are, you know, on, on social media, I'm sure like you're probably reading a lot about body pause right. and fat pause. I get that. And I have that sometimes where like I'll even if like I'm in the bustle office all day and I step out and I've just been in a room with 100 pretty feminist body pause women (laughs) and someone says something really unfortunate on the street on my walk to Penn Station. I'm like, oh, wow. Like I I briefly forgot that that could happen. (laughs) Very briefly. Yeah. But but I mean, you have to you have to seek out shows um, that will that that are diverse, that focus on diversity. Um, but there, uh, there are tons, tons of burlesque performers um, with all kinds of different bodies that are out there and who are actively performing. And it's not necessarily the norm. And in some cases, it's very much the exception to the rule. But um, they're out there and yeah. they're intense and they're crazy <laughs> fabulous. So Switching gears a little bit, yeah. we have a segment on the show called Words Matter where we typically dissect any kind of loaded term or buzzword or even just concept within body image and fat positivity. So I'm hoping we can shed some light on the word brave. Yeah, sure. Um, and I hear this from a, a number of different performers for and for different reasons uh, who get who get very prickly. Um and are genuinely upset when somebody calls their work brave. I was recently reading a a book that talks about shame, and it's called I Thought It Was Just Me, But It Isn't by, I believe it's Brene Brown. Um, And she talks about the fact that not only, I mean, shame is insidious and shame is uncomfortable, but we're also terrified of talking about shame uh, as a a culture. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe. So there are people who will say brave, and it's it's condescending. Like, oh, nice job, fat girl. Good <laughs> on you. But um, 
what the way that I experience it when when most people talk to me and they're like so brave or you know the confidence thing um uh I feel like at that moment they're sharing some of their shame with me they're like oh I wish I could do it what you're doing and for me the subtext in the parentheses is but I can't because I still a lot feel a lot of shame about my body I don't know what other performers experience but maybe it's a discomfort with other people's shame maybe someone saying like you look like me and I'm ashamed to look like this but I'm cool with you looking like that and excited that you're celebrating mm-hmm. you I'm confused like here's the <laughs> question mark can we talk about it and it's hard then as a performer when you're you just came off stage doing something incredibly vulnerable, um, but which to you might seem like no big deal anymore, to have someone then say your body is othered, and it is a big deal, mm-hmm. even if it's a good thing. I don't I don't know. I For I sure. embrace that word. I don't think that I get to choose what other people think think is brave. No, no. And I think there's a very marked difference between, like you were saying, calling someone brave in a way that feels condescending, in a way that feels like what they're really saying is. <laughs> you know you shouldn't be up on that stage naked, but right. you are anyway. Like, <laughs> right. With with kind of malice mm-hmm. and someone genuinely feeling inspired because they've never seen someone who looks like them mm-hmm. in that kind of situation. And they've been told for so long, you cannot be in a bikini on a beach if right. you have a fat stomach. You know, if you have a visible belly outline, you cannot be a burlesque dancer if you have rolls and wobbles and bingo wings. Like, right. You can't do those things. So it feels very different. I still think being in a bikini is brave. <laughs> I tried it. I tried it last week. And I, 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 first of all, I can't find a bikini that is cut for the way that I that is comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um but I was very aware, like, when I was laying out that uh, that even though my tummy was getting tan, that it was getting tan in, in like, weird bumpy ways. And I, um, <laughs> it's not my bag. And while I don't think that it's super brave, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like anyone was going to attack me. Mm-hmm. But people do, people do attack people on the beach, whether it's physically or, you know, harassment. For their bodies. Yeah. So putting yourself out there and saying, this is my body, you might attack me. (laughs) Isn't there something brave about that? Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned your TEDx talk before, which I loved. And in it, you talk a lot about just reclaiming the word fat. And you tell the audience that you call yourself fat, much like you'd call yourself short, or much like you'd call yourself a wife or a dancer. Does this mean that you kind of bring the word up in casual conversation? And if so, how often do you find yourself having to explain that you don't mean it as an insult? Uh, I think people know me pretty well now. At this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't know that I really describe my body a whole lot with strangers necessarily. Mm. I wouldn't shy away from it. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know that I would sit down on a plane and be like, hi, I'm your fat neighbor for this <laughs> ride. Like, I don't know. Maybe that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. It probably would be. I mean, I'd be delighted if somebody was really peppy and wearing a polka dot dress and was like, I'm your fat neighbor for this ride. <laughs> That'd we're, be great. We're all in this together. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, I have friends though that I know are still not comfortable with it and, um, I wouldn't, cringe might be too far, but I can Mm -hmm. see that sometimes they're visibly uncomfortable when I bring it up. Yeah. I mean, I think this is why even if you've reclaimed it for yourself, you should be careful with who you utilize it to because some people won't be there in Mm -hmm. their journey yet. You know, they'll still really really think of it as an insult because that's what they've been conditioned to oh, think and you well it's so loaded if you yeah. had someone yelling a word at you your whole life and it's mm-hmm. made you sad 
it, it's really hard to make that switch to be like, oh, it's just a word because words have meaning. Yeah. Words, words they have weight. Do. They're important. And words can make you feel things in a very strong and powerful way. You know, now we're talking about words a little bit. Have you seen the body positive butt hashtag on Twitter today or yesterday? No. <laughs> Tell me okay. more. So this was started on July 5th by Janie Rotten. Um, Dread by Dawn on Twitter is is the social thread. And kind of to shed light on how a lot of social justice warriors or proponents of body positivity these days so often leave fat individuals and particularly fat women out of the conversation. And I might be wrong, but I imagine that being a visibly fat performer, often taking her clothes off on stage might mean that you more or less, as we were talking about, confront people with their prejudices head on, you know, people who might not even realize that mm-hmm. they're still holding on to fat shaming and fat phobia. You know, maybe maybe even someone who thinks they're super open-minded and inclusive of all body types sees you and then they're, like, uncomfortable because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been confronted with something they didn't think they necessarily were or, or believed. Um, but I'm wondering if, be it in that context or any context, you kind of have a body-positive butt that you've encountered through your work. And to give you some examples of, like, the way people are using this hashtag, um, Kiddo True, Ariel wrote... Body positive, but you can't figure out that bodies can exist in intersecting identities. Body positive, but you can only participate if you have access to nice things and are willing to perform extremely feminine. Mm. Um, Ushi of Dress Carcass wrote, Body positive, but you still tag your friends in strangers' pictures who you deem unattractive, making jokes like they're not a real human being. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's been very loaded, and there's been a lot of great conversations starting from it. Ooh. But I'm wondering if you have a body positive, <clears> but... <throat> um i don't i don't know that i could sum it up in a in a in a tweet that's okay luckily um, we're not on twitter (laughs) i mean specifically in the burlesque world there is i think there is still a lean towards like the hourglass shape Mm. like yay body positive but um but only only to us yeah there's yeah (laughs) curves in the right places for sure and as far um you know, as gender play goes, there is a lot of that in the underground groups, but there, you know, there's shows that would never, you know, book a gender bending act. Mm. Um, or I won't say never, but I have not seen that on their stages. Um, so, yeah, I think there there is a lot of that in, in the body positive commu- community. Um, but like we're making the rules, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And I think when we see that, if we're talking about brands and campaigns and things like that, oh, that you yeah. kind of use the term Oof. body positive, but yeah, then, yeah, like yeah. you said, you know, the focus is still hourglass, white, yeah. fat in the right places, women, right. and it's like, well, that's not what most fatties look like, but okay. Right, so this <laughs> isn't exactly the question that you asked, but I'm curious about this because I know that there's a lot of talk about co-opting the, the mm-hmm. concept of body positivity to make money, and I get that. Um, and I see it all the time mm-hmm. and Lane Bryant makes me the maddest and we tweet at each other all the time. <laughs> What's up? Whoever's doing Lane Bryant's Twitter. So, um, uh, uh, I just recently did a photo shoot with Blink. They're, um, they're a sports club up here, a gym. Yeah. Um, and I did it because I saw, uh, an ad that they ran where they had 
a very wide range of bodies in it. And, of, and you can never have all bodies in everything. But it was represented enough that I was like, holy crap. So I started hanging out on their Facebook page. And I was like, what's up? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm in a, a very orange tank top <laughs> in one of their, one of their shoots. Uh, and I have gotten a little bit of flack about it. Um, uh, I do go to the gym. I like that gym. I don't think that I would do it for anybody else, but I don't think anybody else would ask me to be in their <laughs> gym ads. Um, and I thought that they were doing it in a thoughtful, caring way. Their focus is vi- like the imagery when you come into the gyms. It's um, it's words about like working out to feel good instead of working out to look a certain way. Yeah. And it took me years to get there to exercise as a celebration of my body and what it can do mm-hmm. instead of like as a punishment or something that I should even feel ashamed of doing when I'm doing it. And I feel comfortable in that space. Yeah. Um, but I'm always like, oh, am I am I naive? Am I I mean what was the kind of criticism that you were getting? Uh the, that that they're co opting body positivity to make money. Mm-hmm. So, but if we're saying that, so if we're saying that people are doing that, but we're saying that people aren't representing us, I feel like it's a catch-22. I know why fitness is very triggering for people. And oh, with, believe with, me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do. And with fat people, it's this divide of, like, you really need to be working out and losing all that weight. But as soon as there's a fat person in the gym, it's like, I don't want to see your rolls wobble. Right, exactly. So <laughs> there's that, that triggering aspect to it. And I wonder if... When people kind of think that a plus size body positive person is buying into that, they get a little touchy. Maybe it was just that it was a fitness company and mm-hmm. and maybe people felt you were like buying into good fatty tropes and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. But I don't know what I don't know what the compromise is. Yeah. Like if 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 I and the other people who are in those campaigns didn't say, oh, yeah, cool, I want to be part of this. Then it would just be a bunch of slim, yeah, white, able people. So no, I, don't... It's, I think it's good that you did it. And anything that's sort of, I mean, people of all sizes and abilities work out, mm-hmm. and that's that's not a concept that society overall has yet grasped. No, so I think uh-uh. increasing representation of that idea is a good thing. Yeah, and I don't care if people go to that gym or any gym, really. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, but I they they treated me very well. We had a cool conversation yeah. about it. I don't know. Yeah. I think that my big headache right now, honestly, is that I think that the body positive movement is it's individual to everybody. And I think that it might be wasting time a little bit. And I feel like I might get accused of tone policing here, but I feel like I would rather just keep talking about what it means to me. And I I try to be I I make an effort to be inclusive. Yeah. Um, and I can understand how people who were at the forefront of the movement feel like it's getting pulled out from under everyone's feet. Um, but it's, again, for me, it is fat acceptance and fat positivity is an element of the body positive movement mm-hmm. that for me, it is not all encompassing. Yeah, I think those I think those terms came before body positive, like fat acceptance in particular was oh, definitely totally. around before body positivity was a buzzword. And I think maybe that's that's like a big part of the conflict people are having is mm. 
body pause in its 2016 incarnation was born of fat acceptance. That's, yeah. that's why it's here. Mm-hmm. And there's like no kind of awareness of that anymore. And I think that leads to people feeling erased. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes that's a lot of sense. That's kind of my interpretation yeah. of, of I this feel like it was conflict. really, and I've heard people talk about it um, on your show before, but like Live Journal, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like L, good old LJ sprouted a whole definitely, bunch of this. Definitely. Um, so we also have a segment on the show called Body Positive Badass of the Week. And it's just an opportunity for guests to shout out someone who particularly inspires them, be it someone who works in fat acceptance or body pause in and of itself or any kind of these umbrellas. And I'm wondering yeah. if there's someone you might want to shed the spotlight on. Sure. Uh, Sonia Renee of The Body Is Not An Apology. Uh, yes. Man, oh man. <laughs> I um, Because when I run into people who are... are not using terminology that is antiquated and possibly hurtful, um, but I feel aren't would prefer to be caught up. (laughs) Um, It's an incredible resource. uh, And there's so many, um, so many subgenres under there uh, that to be able to point people to something like that and have them go discover things on their own. I've had people come back and have conversations with me about it afterwards because it's such, there's so many things, so many personal essays and so many, um, like, you know, very blatant, not blatant. That's not the word. Um, honest, honest discussions Mm -hmm. of vocabulary and terminology. Um, and she's just, she's just super. I love what she's doing. She's incredible. Awesome. I like you, Sonia. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) But I'm very grateful to have that uh, as a resource to point to. Absolutely. Well, Lillian, thank you so much thank for you talking so to much. me and being so open. It's you know we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but even just I think talking about nudity can be vulnerable, like let alone performing it. So yeah, yeah it's and I do think you're you're brave, you know. I and I mean that in the, the best of ways. It's, it's it's empowering to me as someone who grew up fat and struggled with the concept of nudity for so long, and people seeing my body, you know, to see someone own it. That that will always inspire me. I think Thank until you. until all bodies are equal and it's just no big deal. Right. You know, it'll right. it'll continue to be empowering. Thank you. Yeah. And Super. if people want to find you and kind of keep up to date with your work and performances, how should they go yeah. about that? Um, so uh, you can find uh, me and Liza's podcast uh, at thebodypodcast.com. Um, and if you are looking to find out more about me and where I perform, if you go to www.lillianbustle.com, you can find me there. Lillian underscore bustle on Instagram, Lillian bustle on Twitter. I'm, <laughs> find me. Come find me. I love, I love to meet people. I love to talk. And go to, sh- go to her shows. Come see my nice shows. <laughs> They're going to be uh, rash. Yeah. I, every, the first Tuesday of every month, um, downstairs at Tall Day in Jersey City. Um, I I produce I I sing and host and I Yay. perform most times and I have an incredible rotating cast of people who I love dearly come and perform with me. <laughs> Thank you, Lillian. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can find us on Acast, our awesome podcast network, and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. 